The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson. And uh, joining me back in the pod cave, uh, I really feel like there's been some evolution in this podcast since he was last here. In fact, Uh, we've really gone from times where this podcast was barely recorded in a very bad acoustic room. Some of them are almost unlistenable. And today, here we sit, uh, Sam Mack and I. Welcome, yes. Sam Mack. Thank you very Sam much. Mack. I'm giving myself a round of applause. I've got uh, one day I'll evolve to the point where I could just put that round of applause in. Just, like I'd have <laughs> well, it, like at the start, one of those. <sighs> that'd be nice. Oh, that's stadium applause. That's yeah. not even like concert hall applause. That's no. like Wembley Stadium applause. Oh, mate, if I'm putting in applause, I'm not mucking around with a little golf <laughs> clap or any of that shit. I don't need to learn three different applause functions on my fucking computer. We get one and it's stadium applause. Why is this podcast getting a Mexican wave? That's yeah. pretty full on. You will hear it. You, it will be an audio Mexican wave that it starts with. I'm wearing headphones. That was really all that I was. And I did tell you uh, which bit of the microphone to talk into. So well, that that's was... true. I have noticed a few improvements. Congratulations. Yeah. I think the first one I was on with you, which would be probably like three or four years ago now, um, was recorded on a potato. Yeah. And um, now I mean, you've progressed. You even got something that's known as a pop sock. You've right. got like so when we say the the P letter uh-huh. sound, it, it's not going to sound as bad as the the early recording. So well done. I, I started with the sock over the potato. Weirdly enough, <laughs> yeah, the potato sock, the potato sock. And, and I got to be honest with you, because th- here's the thing about potatoes: people are like, why would they use potatoes? Well, uh, they've got ears, and <laughs> it, podcasting is an as sort of an audio medium. True. So I just made that association. I mean, look, sometimes you've got to be a bit creative. Think outside yeah. the box, and it was during the great uh, podcast famine. So <laughs> where we only could podcast on potatoes. <laughs> Mark Marin had a sweet potato. He was the envy yeah. of all the other podcasters. <laughs> you could still plug your Beats by Dre into potato, though. You could still do that. And right, still fine. I mean, now mostly it wasn't distributed in the same way. It was all on chips, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had an appeal. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Potato buns right up the top. That'll hook people in. Um, I'm here with uh, Sam Mack in the pod cave, uh, which is very nice. Uh, the happily single Sam Mack. And I say that and, and not as I'm not making that uh, about myself. Uh, uh, you haven't said that to me off air. We had a little conversation, but it wasn't about your love life at all. I'm saying that, Sam Mack, because I opened my major Metropolitan Daily newspaper today and saw you referred to as the... Happily single Sam Mack. Yeah, I think the term happily single yeah. sounds a bit desperate. Like it, it sounds like I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. I'm happily single. I, I never actually used that those words. I didn't say that. They have described me as that. So they must have felt right. that I had a happy demeanour when they interviewed me about the new show that did, I'll be narrating. Did you get uh, any feedback from past relationships <laughs> that you are so happily single? <laughs> like the nightmare that came before. Now you're happily single. <laughs> like I can imagine some people are reading that in in there. 
No? Okay. We'll, um, we'll, we'll take that pause well, as a confirmation. My, no, most, no. Of my, <laughs> most of my ex-partners will either don't really speak to me on a daily basis. Okay. I mean, this is this is hot off the press. This sure. is only from yesterday, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and the other thing is that, with all due respect, I, I don't know many people that read newspapers. It's true. Honestly, it's true. like, just... I, I, don't, I don't pick up a newspaper. Um, Some, I, I, I go in and buy, or like, all three. Like, I buy three <laughs> newspapers every day. And it, it, it is like, even in the news agents, it's like they gather in the, their children to be like, this is the guy who's keeping <laughs> us going. This empower ball. And the Gatorade's in the corner that people can't be bothered going to the supermarket for. It's all we have. <laughs> So why do you um, persist with like the the daily newspaper? I mean, it's, it's getting hard to be honest with mm. you. Like, I mean, I flip through them now rather than read them. I think basically, like, I've always had a love of newspapers. I mean, I was a journalist. I was a newspaper journalist. And you know, I think there was a time when like the press was a noble profession. You mm. know, and I do think that sometimes, like even now, it can be still like mm. you know when you see a decent journalist like really doing great journalism, it is like a really sort of empowering, wonderful thing. Yeah. So I keep, but mostly just so like, I mean, in the old days I read newspapers because like, you know, I'm a, a comedian and yeah. I've just got to know what's going on or what people think is important. Mm. But, I think that was a but really- But now it's just was, like out of habit. Yeah. I think that was a really long-winded way of saying you just love the I Spy section. Uh, I mean, you know what? I reckon I Spy has not been as good of late. Really? So- it, it's not in every paper, is it? I yeah. spy or spotted. It's basically when you're seeing celebrities out and about doing everyday things. I think we speak about it every time we do the podcast. Well, Sam and I love I spy. Yeah, we're obsessed with I spy, but they they have not been doing my favorite I spies of, of like. So what what's what what's been with the drop in standard? What where have they let the with just things a go? lot of like like they've got you know what they've gone down the route of I reckon they've gone heaps more celebrity. And less worrying about them being in some like quirky location. Oh no! So, See, that was one of the great joys of I Spy. It's like you know Kim Beasley eating a sausage roll in Bob, Four Clues. Well, I, I mention it all the time, but my favourite ever one: Bob Hawke buying a Tesla ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I did peak with that. I mean, but that's what I want. I want to know that someone had to go to the dentist or that they were in like the car park of a Dimmies. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the shit that I want from my I Spy. Yeah. But I also got to be honest with you. I liked because they normally would have like four. Mm. And I always liked that the fourth one was a real like, it was like kind of almost like Sale of the Century where you were like, is that a celebrity or a home viewer? <laughs> is that the home viewer or is that the celebrity? Because I'm not sure. More often than not, that's someone on Home and Away. Right. <laughs> it's like a new up and coming guy on Home and Away who you don't know the name of yet. Probably a river boy. And that's what I liked. I liked a bit of that. I yeah. liked a bit of a mystery. Like I was, I was learning something more about the broader world through the medium of I Spy. But these days it's just like celebrities and kind of in places where you'd expect celebrities to be. So it's like, you know, James Packer at the opening of something at Crown Casino. And you're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, James Packer, like, yeah. he owns Crown Casino. Um, so that is not a nice spy. I can just guess daily. I'd yeah. be like, oh, I bet James Packer might be at Crown Casino Dr. right Dr. Chris Brown at the Bondi Vet. Right. Well, that actually would be a rare occasion because <laughs> he's always in a jungle with his fucking shirt off or shooting promos. I can't imagine the last time he's had his finger up the... I, I went to the doctor the other day. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in my 40s now, Sam, and yeah. uh, which means that uh, my plumbing, uh, oh, you know, yeah. starts to, you know, just you need a little bit more attention to that sort of thing. And, and was this the first time that you'd had this experience? Yeah. So I've gone to my doctor for a range of things, but mm. one of the things that I had to get checked out was some plumbing issues. And uh, he has... <laughs> 
This is, it was the best. Like, we're getting on so well, and we're going through all the shit I need. I have to get a biopsy on my neck, and I had to get some sleeping pills. Like, there was a range of things. I came in with a fucking shopping list. I was like, if I'm going to the doctor, I'm getting all my doctor-related shit done. And he's ticking them off. I'm like, this guy's, like, first time I'd seen this doctor. And yeah. I was like, this guy is my doctor from now on. Like, I love this guy. Like, he's quite handsome, too. And really? Kind of like, yeah, I was like, I've got, like, a handsome doctor. And you did know. you just randomly stumble upon him? Well, not randomly. I don't. For medical attention, I try not to just randomly stumble Are you upon. Sure, people. he's a doctor. So, well, he had drugs. Does he have certificates on his wall? He. Well, you know what? He gave me a Medicare rebate when I paid for the drugs. So <laughs> he took some blood. <laughs> Actually, in, in retrospect, was he meant to take my kidney? I, uh, <laughs> and he did keep saying, "Oh, I'm not a doctor." Which, in retrospect, I only trust TV doctors. They're the only doctors I trust. Uh, no, so. There's a new, uh, near where I am, I've been looking yeah. for a good local doctor for a while. Uh, but because um, I, I think like a lot of men, I probably don't go to the doctor as often as I should. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm in the same camp. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's a pretty traditional thing and it often yeah. gets men killed. They don't look after their health well it's enough. True. And, uh, uh, but when I'm doing the television show, uh, we legally every year for insurance and stuff have to get, I have to get a physical. Really? Yeah. So I kind of always... Like vaguely just go, oh, well, I've got my yearly checkup. Like, yeah, you know, so yeah. anything else I'm like, normally I'm like, that can wait till my yearly checkup. Right. Yeah. But I had a couple of things that were like, you know, in between the yearly checkup. So I was like, well, I'm going to go and find myself. I'm going to try to find a doctor that is like near my house who can be my doctor. You know, I've got a few things that I need to do. Like I, this, I, I'm going to see. So so what was the selection process? Because it sounds like a reality TV show already. Right. <laughs> So the selection process was it was the second closest doctor to my house. Okay, right. right. So you thought the first closest was just too obvious? No, or I've, I've you weren't been, happy with that. Was there a meet and greet? I've I've been to the first uh, the first one, mm. and I, oh my god! So I, I don't know if I'm giving away some doctor patient confidentiality. Does it work the other way around? I think it's fine the other like way it's, around. It's fine for me to talk about what the doctor. <laughs> <does. laughs> I didn't sign any fucking Hippocratic oath. Fuck you. <laughs> So, what was the uh, issue there uh, with, with the first doctor? So, the first doctor uh, is Jewish and that is not my issue. So, I'm putting that right up on front straight. <laughs> okay. He <laughs> just happens to be Jewish. Um, I've been to him several times and I fi- always have found him to be an excellently qualified doctor. And he's yeah. always helped me move my things. So I want to put Just too up, Jewish? Put that up front. I, I mentioned to you earlier. In well, fact, so far, first, that's all you've given us to work with. Yeah, okay. Well, we're getting to the stuff. Now, he has this clinic. Like, what's the TSL on your podcast, Time Spent Listening? Because if people are tuning out, all they know is, oh, he said no to a Jewish doctor. I assume... Uh, that people never tune out. Why would you tune out? Like sometimes the best bits right at the end. Mark Maron's got some really good episodes. And often what I do, Sam, is I try to leave like the name of the episode to something that was discussed right near the end of the episode. (laughs) So at least people are like, well, fucking I want to know what it was called. Like often something really funny will happen up the top and I'll be like, fuck that. That's normally, if you'd said that- There's no danger of that with me on the show. Yeah. Yeah, that potato bit would have been- I think we both knew it peaked. <laughs> Peak potato. So, uh, <laughs> all right. We went with the instant potato rather than how you should actually, you know. So, anyway, here's what I'm saying. Is, uh, what am I saying? What the, Jewish. What? So, he, no, Sam. Well, That's all you've told us so okay. far. It's been six minutes. All right. 
Firstly, what I used to like about his waiting, uh, he has no uh, reception. Okay. So what you do is you actually go into a room like that's just off the street and you take a number like at a deli oh. or like you're buying a chicken at a chicken shop you, or something like that. Is there literally that. like a ticket? Yeah, like a ticket. Like you just pull it off like you were like, you know, at a popular chicken oh, shop. Really? Right? I've and never then, heard of that in a doctor. No, me neither. And at the start, I liked it, Sam. I was into it because I was like, well, that's cool. I understand how this system works. And you know, from the number that's up on the wall how far you are behind in the system. This is like, this is good. I'm okay mm. with this system. Mm. So I went down there. That appealed to me. So I went and saw him a few times. Uh, but firstly, he's a bit, he's a tiny bit lifestyle lectury, which is fine. Like, I understand that he's a doctor and he's trying to like, you know, help me with my health. But I know that there's a bunch of things about my lifestyle that are not healthy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a smart person. You know, it's not like it's a surprise that smoking is bad for people or yeah. that you're not meant to drink as much as I do. All those things. I yeah. completely understand that and I've made my choice and okay. I'm fine with that. I don't need to hear about that from the doctor. But this is when, it, this is when I decided I couldn't go back. He started giving me advice about my comedy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, this is Un- good. Unsolicited this is good. comedy advice. Great. Yeah. So, had he seen your show or he just seen the TV show? Uh, no, I think he'd seen me do stand-up. I think maybe they'd even come and see me do stand-up live one time. He yeah. and his wife, I, I believe. And what if sort I of... Was it about correctly. specific jokes or was it about things you need to do more or less of? <sighs> yeah, it's definitely less swearing. <laughs> like, that That would come up, like, regularly, but, like... <laughs> Okay. Yeah, like a lot of just like stuff where I was like, I don't, I don't need this with my doctoring. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Again, like there's definitely flaws with my, you know, my shows and performances. Is there and- ever, is there a profession that you're happy to take feedback on your comedy from, or a type of person? I mean, yeah, unsolicited idiot, idiot eggs on Twitter. No. <laughs> That's the only stuff I take on board. I'm, t- I'm making a lot of weird choices. But I, I <laughs> the people's comic. Just did a week of only taking the advice of like people that have egg things on Twitter. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I like feedback from people I respect all the time. And I mm. take it on a range of different things from people who are professionals in that in that particular in field. that particular field yeah. you know and i and i believe that's the best way for you to and that's why i go to a doctor that's why i don't just look up shit on the internet and go i can fix this myself i go the best person to fix me for my health is my doctor <laughs> yeah i didn't go there going fuck you know what i need a lecture about shit that i've already resolved about my performance <laughs> from this guy who i really want just to give me some sleeping tablets <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, remembered to do what I'm now doing is when when I need an edit in mm. my podcast, I stop it because if there's like two separate files, I remember to edit it. It's a pretty it. good reminder. But if it just keeps recording straight through, yeah. I always say, oh, I'll edit that. And then... <laughs> <laughs> now you say that, I have, I have heard you in a lot of the editions of the podcast say, yeah. we'll edit that out. A lot of them have made it. People, uh, well, that's why uh, I've done an episode of uh, Willosophy with Osha Ginsberg, yeah. and uh, it's brilliant. But there was just, and we were having a really quite deep talk about a few things. Um, so, so there was just something we got to in the middle of it. Because I actually said to him at the start, I said, say whatever you want to say. And if we get to somewhere, I'd rather, you know, we just get to somewhere and afterwards you're like, can you just like take that little thing out? than us like constantly trying not to, you know, get to somewhere. Um, 
but the reason that podcast hasn't gone up for fucking two months is because I need to edit it. Oh, and, is that right? And I'm just okay. so busy doing other things that I don't have time to go through and edit it. When you say edit those bits out, yeah. are they gone forever? Or are they? is there going to be some sort of like David Bowie style, like when you die, that these recordings suddenly emerge as like your final... I, I've sent them all to Tupac's mum. And she is... Because <laughs> she's finally run out of Tupac's shit to fucking sticky tape together for profit. So, so I'm getting her to do all my edits from... There's a really great bit about Gamergate that one of my female guests uh, <laughs> said, you know, I probably need to take that out. There'll be some really good stuff, guys. Yeah, great. A lot of me talking into the wrong side of the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he made me feel guilty about like, so when I was going overseas or whatever and I wanted sleeping pills because he knows I'm in the entertainment industry at all. At all so I'd suddenly feel like I was like just shopping for sleeping pills yeah. and I'm like ah oh, mate I'm not I'm not <laughs> oh well, it's good that you found a doctor you're comfortable with right oh, so, this so we're is, going back to so this is what I was telling you so he goes so you, I'm going to send you to a, like a urologist or whatever and he said look here's the thing I could do it right yeah. now yep but he said you know what and back to our point of before he goes if you're going to get it done why not get it done by someone who does that all day long oh. he said you know what like I don't do it all day long and, you know, I can do it and we can do this right now. Like, yeah. make, make, it, make it a bit too much of how he could do it. He's like, I can do this right now. But he actually said to me, he goes, look, I don't want you to be like offended that I am like, it's not about. I just, I just like, don't, I just don't do it on the first consultation. I don't want to get a reputation as one of those guys. He's like, it's, look, I don't want every guy coming in here like, yeah, and also I guess. Oh, here's Will again, three days in a row. <laughs> how, many, how many can I get these? these on Why me? is he carrying five newspapers? <laughs> Just sitting in the waiting room, recovering, going back in. Once, <laughs> Prince not dead. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what me ringing up Medicare, seeing how many I can claim. So, so I mean, I'm a few years away from that. I mean, uh-huh. but I mean, look, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, is it is is it all psychological or is it physically? Does it hurt? Oh, I mean, well, I haven't had it yet. I have, oh. to, I had to make, I have to make an appointment. This was only, I went just to the doctor oh, okay. a couple of days ago. So I uh, had some blood tested, all that stuff there. But yeah, I had, this was the one thing I had to make an appointment for. So <laughs> I have to make an appointment for that little, uh, you that, know. I mean, that's going to be a podcast in itself. That's going to be a special edition. Mate, that, one hour special. Mate, literally what I said to him, I was like, I, I said to him, he goes, I'm so, yeah, I'm sorry to tell you, but you're probably going to have to get that checked out. And I was like, mate. You know what I do for a living. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Can like, you just yeah. sign this waiver? Yeah. Just I mean, <laughs> that is that is a one-hour podcast special. Right. You've got to do it. Um, not live. The, the, no, not live. Um, the prostate of the union address. Oh, yeah, nice. Possibly. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's a good You can have that. That's my little gift to you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I mean, and I'm going to see a professional, someone who does it all day long. And that makes me feel better as well because I don't want to be the bit of that guy's day, my new doctor who I like, where he's like, ah, oh, it was fine, but then I had to do this thing that I don't really enjoy doing as a doctor. Like, yeah. the, the people who've chosen to work in that field are like, I want to make this my passion. They're, yeah. su- they're surrounded by arseholes all day and they're <laughs> fine with it, you know? In that scenario. They've probably got one of those cups that says, you don't have to be an arsehole to work here. But... <laughs> in that scenario, only one person should feel uncomfortable. Like it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be both of you. Oh yeah, no, you don't. So, that's that's a nightmare. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and I think I think one person should feel uncomfortable. 
Like, I feel like that's good too. I don't think most people should feel really comfortable with it. I think the nice, <laughs> the balance you need in the force in that room is one person who's really comfortable and one who's not as comfortable as the other person. That's I would like the two people to have very disparate uh, levels of experience in the field as a general sense. Generally. I'm not ruling out well, any, you That's know. great. I'm happy for you. I'm yeah. happy you found, you know, a great doctor and right. he's referred you to, you know, to uh, the the big lead up for the podcast special. It's it's exciting time. This is a little bit of sizzle. So anyway, the happily single Sam Mack is where we jumped off this. Why what is this show that you are hosting? So there's a new show called First Dates Uh and uh, it's already happened in the UK. Which is also what I've got to do. (laughs) That was that was the other name for the podcast. I'm not narrating that one though. <laughs> Just to be clear. <laughs> Actually, no, I will narrate it. If you really want me to, I'll narrate it. Sam Max um, other first <laughs> So yeah, this this new job just came about, oh, and, and my role is to narrate the show. And the the premise for the show is people who are single. Um, I imagine happily single, <laughs> or not happily single, because they're going on a show. So they have told the producers um, their likes and dislikes, and then the producers try to match them up. You know, with genuine people, they think there'll be a chance to sort of hit it off on a date. They have a date in a restaurant. There's sort of hidden cameras. They know there's cameras there, but the the cameras aren't obvious. And then they just sort of see where they go. The great thing about the show there's a couple of good things I really like about it not just for contractual reasons but the first thing I love about it is it's broad in terms of the age group so you've got like an 18 year old then you've got people in their 60s you've got people who've been married multiple times so hang on they're going on where do they go on the dates just to a restaurant okay and they're all on the dates at the same time or is it one by one uh, it's, it's not it's, like a speed date, like a big thing together. It's no, like they've got their one date for the night. And is it the same restaurant? Like, do they all go yes. to the... Okay, yeah. yeah. So, this is like the set, essentially. Yeah. It's like they go there for this date yeah. that is filmed. Yeah, but it's okay. an actual restaurant with and- actual food <laughs> and, yeah... Right and okay, which would be a it's not ni- green screen. Which would be like- a nightmare for continuity. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> one of them's eating really quick, one's eating really slow. You yeah. want to edit in that bit that was good at one the end. One of them's got a beard by the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you say there's eighteen-year-olds and eighty-year-olds, are there any crossover eighteen and eighty-year-old dates? No, okay. no. But I think that's one of the things I like about the show is you kind of jump between. You know, in, in an average episode, you'll maybe follow four or five dates. Oh, okay. So, and, all a different sort of... Yeah, you know. and it jumps between. And then the the great is thing... There, um, is it a heteronormative show or are there gay dates as well? Um, I'm only three episodes in. I okay. haven't seen a gay date right, yet. But, I mean, I think they're pretty open to you sure. know, trying lots of different things within okay. there. So, hopefully, hopefully good. towards the end. But That'd be good to see. One of the awesome things about the show is at the end, they, they sort of bring them in after the date. So, they have a few drinks during the day and they're, they're there for a couple of hours. They bring them in and... They'll sit them down in a small room like this on camera and the producer will say, okay, so are you guys going to have a second date? Are you going to see each other again? A lot of them aren't prepared for that question. So you actually get that amazing moment where they'll look to each other and sometimes one of them will say yes, the other one will just not say anything. Sometimes they'll ask for permission. So it's this beautiful moment because in real life when you go on a date, you don't really have that. Right. that it kind of like just pitters out over time or so you can send a text message or, or whatever it might be. Well, it's a decision that people like reserve the right to make later on. Yeah. Like it's rare that at the end 
Like, I mean, I think sometimes, like, I think people in this modern sometimes world, they disagree, probably, yeah. yeah, they just go, hey, yeah, this was really nice or whatever. You've gone out to dinner and you're like, but, you know, this didn't work out or whatever. But I do think absolutely what you're saying is a lot of the time you just don't then call them again or they, like, you message them and say, blah, blah, blah. You go, I can have some distance from having to have this awkward moment. Yeah. Or you might think at the time, but then you just, like, change it. Like, you know, you don't have to lock it in immediately exactly. afterwards. But on this show, they do. Yeah. And, and the fact that they're not prepared for that means you get some beautifully awkward TV, which... I'm my role is pretty straightforward. Like I'll say things like, 28 year old Sarah has been single for four months. Has she met the man of her dreams in Glenn? <laughs> that, that, that's the sort of stuff I'm doing. I just go into a studio and do that. <laughs> Are you in? Are you sold? Uh, do you get to see the footage of these as you yes. do it, or is somebody else like? Do you know who Glenn? So you can kind of know who Glenn is. You can, you know, you can have a bit of like. You can be like, if Dave, you, you don't want to be like giving Dave like a, you know, a big warm <laughs> warmth in your voice when it turns out that Dave's a real prick or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I get to see um, the vision beforehand, so I'm familiar with them. There's some really interesting characters on it. There's a guy whose actual name is Nicholas Nicholas, so I was pretty oh excited about God. that. There's a guy from Darwin. And, uh, and was he wearing underpants, Nicholas Nicholas? <laughs> he like- was, yeah. The classic quote from the guy from Darwin was, um, yeah, look, um, the... The female scene isn't really massive in Darwin. Nah. There's three of them, yeah. so like you know, there's some there's some characters in there. I think yeah. I actually think it's going to go quite well. I'm excited. By the way, to our international listeners, yes, that is what we consider characters in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a real character, isn't he? He's, he's a laugh. Thinks there's three women in Darwin. Look at him. What he's a character! Your leg. What a character! One of the great Australian characters. <laughs> him, Paul Hogan. You, yeah. you, th- you think this country has no culture? Look at this character. He's from Darwin. He said there's only three women there. What a character. (laughs) Country's full of characters, mate. Seriously. Um, Okay, so apart from that, you've been doing... So you've got that. You've got that new hit show that you're helming. Um, When's it on, by the way? Uh, Starts February, Channel 7. Starts February, Channel 7. Oh, do they not lock anything in? This is what Channel 7 do when the tennis is on, right? Yeah. Basically, like, everything starts... Like, starts after the tennis, and we're going to promo everything right now and kind of see... We've got some plans, but we're going to see how interested you are in any of these ideas, (laughs) and they will be in February. At yeah. some stage. Um, we all know when My Kitchen Rules starts, <laughs> if you watch the tennis. Right. Um, yeah, so it's going to be around that time, uh, which is cool. But- so but so you've been having some association with the Channel 7, right? Like, through the, like I, did, well, you were doing stuff at the tennis, right? Yeah. So what were you doing at the tennis? So I, I did um behind-the-scenes piece on the ball kids, which uh-huh. was actually really good fun. It was fascinating. So What did you learn? I learned that... 2,000 kids apply to become a ball kid at the Oz Open. And how, how many get there? 120 get there. And it's like a process like the Hunger Games, I imagine, oh, right? It's it's more full on than the Hunger Games. More full on? <laughs> yeah, like they are judged <laughs> so harsh because we're talking about kids. You know, right. they have to be aged 12 to 15 uh-huh. and they're judged on a couple of things such as how fast they can roll the ball. There's yeah. an actual like, well, reading on how fast they can roll the ball. And how do they judge that? Is, there, like, a, is that computers and lasers yeah. and shit? So they're all there with like a balls and they have to like... They get timed, yeah, they and get timed. It, but, but is... Also, is there a too fast? I imagine it's like Goldilocks, <laughs> your ball rolling, because you don't want to roll it so fast that it becomes problematic, right? You've got to just, there'd be a right speed to oh, roll it, is there? Or, they, or, or is they, there no speed that's too fast? As long as it's still along the ground. Like if, if it's too fast and it's bouncing, no oh, yeah, good. Right. It has that's to be your, along the ground. That's your line. Sorry. Um, I mean, that makes sense when you say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. This is, why, this is why they don't get me to choose the ball people. I would be coming up with a whole range of tests that were completely unnecessary. <laughs> They're also not allowed to talk to the players. At all. 
at all. Are I had they no allowed idea to respond to the players? They're not supposed to. Like if if it's you know like if they really need to, if the player keeps asking questions, they right. can. They they are not supposed to. Because the player would be like, hey, 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 what's your name, uh, ball kid? And they'd be like. Well, like the guards at Buckingham Palace, yeah. you know, like, like, can you crack a ball, kid? Right, you and know? then, the, and then, like, eventually, the players like, "Fuck you, kid! <laughs> Fuck you!" But there's also a, because of this, there's an unspoken language between player and ball kids. So, oh, for example, they'll go nice. if a player puts one finger down like that, he wants one tennis ball. Uh-huh. If he puts two down like that, he wants two. He might point if he <sighs> that wants is his an towel. Unspoken language. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a particularly complex. It's, I mean, it's, you didn't have to get uh, Alan Turing in to crack that one. But so uh, he'll he'll nod. He'll nod if he all wants. All these his... confused kids coming about with, I got him two beers, and he seemed really angry. But I'm not allowed to talk to him, so um, they'll nod if they want um, the drinks. Oh, there's, okay. there's all this yep. stuff that you just have uh-huh. no idea about, but it's fascinating. Like Rafael Nadal, for example, yeah. he he's very fastidious about um, the the setup of his drink his drinks. He likes uh-huh. the label to be facing forward. Yeah. So there was a great bit of vision from last year's Australian Open where um, the ball kid, like you know, the, the bottle was knocked over. The ball kid puts the bottles back and goes to walk away, and then Rafa sort of looks over, like in the middle of the game, looks over at the ball kid, looks at the drink. And just sort of stays there for a moment. Then the kid runs back over, makes the slightest adjustment, just so you can see the label. So Rafa, like the label is facing Rafa, and then Rafa smiles and the crowd cheers. That's what makes me hate tennis. <laughs> like the thing that makes me hate tennis the most is like it's like fucking Nick Kyrgios the other night oh, when he yeah. was complaining there was music in one of the corporate boxes. Yeah, I was like, try kicking for fucking goal from yeah. fifty meters out in the grand final with like a hundred thousand people like booing and cheering at you. Yeah, like it's so amazing that tennis players and the crowds think they are like they clap to that they 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 clap that that this fucking billionaire bullied a fucking child to put the label back around the right way either for commercial reasons so he can sponsor the fucking thing oh yeah here comes mr gruen yeah or because he's such a fucking prick that he can't get on with his fucking job as a professional tennis player unless the label on his drink is around the right way hang on shut the fuck up maybe we're misrepresenting him here there are men fighting men with in other cages like they in other that's a sport men fight men in cages while other men fucking yell at them in a blood sport and Rafael Nadal can't fucking serve until his drink bottles are around the right way. Shut the fuck up. In in his defence, I don't think he was angry. Like, I think it was just like a little... Shut up. Ha-ha, uh, quirky. Oh, the drink bottle. Ha-ha. I don't think he was like, oh, I'm going to punish that kid. Just, He's never going to work here again. Just because you were the nicest to the slaves of all the slave owners doesn't still make you a good guy. <laughs> just makes you the best of the slave owners. And as, you can uh, only hold your head high among other slave owners. <laughs> as for the music, I think that might have been coming from my corporate box. Right. <laughs> I did have my iPhone plugged in at one point. I mean, it's crazy. The amount of silence they need. Golf, mm. golf. I can maybe you have this one thing that is very like very hard to do, and you have one moment to like do a whole lot of complex actions. Yeah. But tennis, the amount of silence that those fuckers demand <laughs> at tennis to play tennis. 
shut up. You're hitting a ball over a fucking net for a job. That's your job. Like, don't get me wrong. You're very good oh, at yeah. hitting a ball cool. over a net. You are amongst the mm. best in the world. But literally, we could train a monkey to do it eventually. <laughs> like, so don't. Shh, shh, everyone. Shh. I have to throw it up and hit it. Quiet, shh, please. Quiet, please. Like, the fucking, the umpire says that to people. Quiet, please. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Quiet, please. You've really unleashed on tennis. Man, that, that Nadal thing put me over the edge. <laughs> I'm glad I selected that <laughs> anecdote. I knew that would push your buttons. But I, I do enjoy the stuff around the tennis. Like, mm. I, I like I enjoy... I think they do a really good job, Channel 7, with the tennis. And I think that the Australian Open do a really good job. It makes the tennis... It makes going to the tennis... For a guy who doesn't enjoy tennis, I, I, I've, I've realised this. I thought I used to like tennis. But yeah. I, as the years have gone on and I you have less time, there's just certain things... You, you have go, to sacrifice really, something. I was like, man, I've got to make room for the big bash. How can I play <laughs> the tennis, right? Well, I agree. They do do an excellent job. One of my favourite moments was... I got to meet Bruce McAvaney. Oh. Uh, uh, in what circumstances? So it? I was doing a behind-the-scenes piece on the commentators. Oh, by the way, um, for our international listeners, uh, Bruce McAvaney uh, is a an Australian sports commentary legend. And he's one of those people that probably, for some people's tastes, is probably a little daggy. You know what I mean? Like, But you know what Bruce McAvaney is? He's one of the rare people that you find in like these professions anymore, which is just a true fucking professional. Like, he rocks up to work every day, knows exactly you know everything that he's meant to know, has a comprehensive knowledge, prepares immaculately, and always does that job where, yes, he's probably not cool enough for the coolest people in the room, and but what he manages to do is like do the job that includes everyone, which there is a real role in our society for people who can be the... When, when someone needs to appeal to everyone and just needs to do a good fucking job, he doesn't have a gimmick. He isn't one of those people who has like a range of catchphrases or some... Mm. You know, he doesn't have to have a controversial opinion. In fact, you rarely know what his opinion is on anything. He's... He calls broad- it as he sees it. Yeah, uh, old, old school broadcast. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. I don't yeah. find him cheesy at all. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy who... No, nor do I, and I, I but I... I think that the point I'm trying to make is like sometimes I think that those sort of people, uh, like some people, don't think that, that because it's there's character. People have caricatured him. And very, very, very easy to sneer. Yeah, and like somebody made there was a big controversy like last week because when Leighton Hewitt was like, uh, like you know, uh, retiring, mm. he made some joke because Leighton Hewitt's like wife was in Home and Away, and Bruce has gone with, well, I guess you'll spend more time home than away, <laughs> yeah. and like people were writing blogs. Like, <laughs> Like, that was an important thing in the world. I was like, Bruce McAvaney just made the sort of joke. That's all we want from mm. Bruce. He will do a great interview. He will know all the sports stuff. And at the end, he'll say something a bit daggy and cheesy <laughs> that kind of, like, signs it off. But everyone's like, yeah, that's Bruce. Apparently, like, he... Why he, are you so angry he at got Bruce? In, yeah, true. He got in a lot of trouble from Channel 7 for that because he didn't work in a My Kitchen Rules pun. Right, yeah. Apparently, yeah, big yeah. trouble for Bruce. But- He'd be like, look... Your kitchen will rule, Leighton, because you'll be spending more time home than away. Thanks to the first dates that you guys had a few years back. Um, no, I was in awe of him. And, like, I, yeah. because it's hard to describe for people who aren't sports fans in Australia, but basically his voice has been the soundtrack to some of the biggest moments in our, sporting, in our sporting life, whether that's AFL Grand Finals, whether that's Kathy Freeman winning at the Sydney 2000 Olympics. That's the big one. Whether it's Australian like Open Finals. Right. 
the call. I mean, he's calls of the AFL. He's calls of horse racing. He's calls of like Olympics. He's very, very good at what he does. But that Kathy Freeman one, that was such a huge moment for this country, and there was so much on the line. And you would know as a broadcaster that when you like, like. Just as Kathy Freeman had all that pressure at the Sydney Olympics to be sort of our symbol of those yeah. like Olympics, you know when you call that race, whatever happens, like people are going to listen to that forever. But particularly if she wins, and as the pressure as a sports broadcaster to to not go, you know, Bruce did that job that he does, which is he like he got it right. Yeah, he, he didn't go too big and he didn't go too small. Perfect he just got in the big right. moment. In yes. the big moment. So I was know. loving it to have a chat with him and Goldilocks. And, <laughs> that's right. And one of the things that I wanted to do with Bruce was to to get him to commentate uh, a big moment in my sporting career. Brilliant. Because I just thought, like, just to hear him <laughs> say not? my name is incredible. Like this guy who I've listened to all, all these years. So I actually um, played a bit of table tennis and. Bruce was happy enough to commentate that. Now, are we okay to go multimedia here? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just just bring the potato a little closer. If your question is, are you okay to play something off your phone in this room? Sure. Okay. Here <laughs> we go. The, so, is the question, will people in the podcast land be able to hear it? Let's, let's see. I mean, it's not as great without the vision, but okay. you'll get the sense of sure. Bruce's amazing voice and commentating skills. Okay, brilliant. Wouldn't it be amazing if one day Bruce commentated a big moment in my That's career? The battler from Adelaide. He's done it. Sam Mack on top of the world. Now giving the fans what they want is iconic celebration special. <laughs> that was incredible. That blew I mean, my I think, mind. I think uh, we have to edit out the Van Halen. So as long as you can... <laughs> <laughs> so that that was honestly wow. so cool that he was willing to do that. And the, just the visuals there, I hit a table tennis winner. Then I jumped into the Yarra, which is a famous celebration... Uh, Jim, Jim Courier That's right. uh, famously uh, would celebrate his Australian Open wins by jumping into the Yarra River. But the Yarra River, uh, for people who do not know, is also referred to affectionately by Melbournians as the Upside Down River. Yes. Uh, because it's brown. It's yeah. It's a brown river. So when did you jump in and how long do you have left? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I have, what? A, I have a really good doctor if you need to say one. <laughs> thank you. He's, thank he's, you. He's nearby. You I, didn't, I didn't realise how bad it was until I jumped in it. It was right. just sludge. That's and a, what a great... like insight into your life and the, the t- <laughs> i didn't know how bad it was until i jumped into it the sand the, the two cam like the camera guy and the sound guy who are melbourne people didn't uh-huh. think to tell me any of this as well they're like yeah no worries mate we'll get the shot yeah um and then after um people have been telling me that you know someone jumped in there a few years back and got parasites oh, yeah, immediately yeah. after i said yeah. why didn't they call them yarasites for branding purposes oh my god um oh, i don't know should- look I, I feel fine i feel okay at the moment is there is there anything off color about me? Do I look different? I mean, to be honest, you seem like you're in really good spirits. I mean, maybe the maybe the parasites have improved you. Maybe you <laughs> would should, you say that I'm happily single? Maybe you should be bot- bottling the Yarra water and selling it as some sort of miracle cure all. <laughs> like, I mean, with your newfound celebrity with your television, show. <laughs> it'll be like your Michelle Bridges twelve week diet program. You'd build an empire of like after a first date. I always enjoy some parasites. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that have, makes me happier than true love is Yarosites. <laughs> so just back to the Bruce thing. Yeah. Um, he he was brilliant with all of his time that he gave, and to do that was it was very cool. But and it, look, this makes sense. But he does sound like Bruce, just like away from the 24/7. interview. Yeah, it's like not, so. There was a great moment, like before after the chat, where we were sort of finishing up, and he was going to go get something to eat, and he was talking to like one of the publicists, and he goes, "Yeah, I'll just have a baguette." And like even just hearing him say that, it's like. Oh, that's Bruce. That's yeah. Bruce. 
I mean, I, I wonder with those people who have those like beautiful speaking voices, because obviously this is something that I've never had to worry about. Um, uh, one day, Sam, people will, you know, tell the story of how far I managed to struggle with so so few skills that would actually help me in my chosen profession. <laughs> like, you know, nobody writes the story about like, you know, they'd write the story about the, you know, the footballer who had one leg, but they won't write the story about the stand up comedian who chose a career in broadcasting with one of the most annoying, terrible voices of all time. <laughs> And an inability to do any other voices. Wow, what great no skills for my chosen profession. Um, but uh, I, I do, yeah, I do wonder when you carry those voices into the world, does it make doing even minor things? Like, well, I mean, Russell Crowe. Like, can you imagine, like, Russ just, like, getting about doing whatever Russell's doing? Like, you know, the other night he had a fight with, there was this story in the papers because he owns a football team here in Australia and yeah. uh, he had them all over to his house for some t- late-night team bonding, as far as... The, <laughs> I, I, the newspaper call it late-night team bonding. So in the same way as you're happily single, it was late-night team bonding. <laughs> and then he had a go at one of, like, the players. They had, like, a fight and he told him he was paid too much. But all that would have been in, like, you know, in that voice that he does speeches yeah, in yeah, from yeah. Gladiator, right? Yeah. So, well, like, when Russell Crowe's telling you that you're not, like, that would be fucking full on. Absolutely. And I imagine he has to do normal things, like, you know, he probably has a cleaner come to his house. He has to call yeah. and organise a cleaner. Hello, Mona. G'day. It's Russ. Yeah, the place is a bit dirty. He had an uh, all-night bonding session with uh, the boys last night. Yeah, late night. Yeah, late night bonding session. And uh, just need to clean up. <laughs> so, go, go, Russ, go. <laughs> signs, out, signs out everything with that. Go, Russ, go. Russ, go, go. Russ, go. Um, so back to Bruce McAvaney. Sorry, I don't know we yeah. keep talking about No, him. no, let's go back. I since found out that- Ramona's one of, here one now, of, one of just my, in case it seemed yeah, like we were distracted for a second. One of my good mates, Sarah, her mum used to date Bruce McAvaney. Oh, oh. And again, that got me thinking about Bruce, you know, in more intimate I mean, situations with that voice. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, but I mean, you can join the dots yourself. But right. like, but also, know? I met like, you know, Bruce McAvaney could, could be a dad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, imagine if Bruce McAvaney was your dad. Oh, man. I mean, that... If he said, go and clean your room in those beautiful tones, you'd I go mean, and clean your room. You'd just be like, oh, Dad, I will clean my room, but I just as soon as you stop talking, because I'm just captivated by your description <laughs> of my behaviour at the time. You'd want him to commentate everything you did. You'd be like, 100%. Dad, I will clean my room. Yeah. But come in and commentate it. Come <laughs> on, you know what I love you commentating it? Yeah, I'd get him to commentate everything I did. Yeah. It'd be brilliant. It's a gift. So, I guess he'd be like, yeah, but he'd get sick of that. He'd be like, the, you know, someone who does massage at a party and then everybody wants a massage. Like with Bruce, uh, he would probably get to the point where like, like, okay, right, I will come out tonight, but no fucking commentating. <laughs> I'm not going to oh, commentate everything. There would be so many people who would have asked him, oh, can you just record a message to my phone for my mate? That'd be amazing. Yeah, come on, Bruce. No, uh, he, he was awesome. Sorry, we should move on. We've spoken about Bruce for a long time. <laughs> we don't know. I, I mean, I'm interested in all that and I'm interested in the tennis and all the stuff you did around it. So what else did you like do at the tennis and what else did you like f- or experience or find? Or, okay, like- so I went to Heineken Saturday, <laughs> Okay, which was, um, you're not going to believe this. It was on Saturday. And it was sponsored by Heineken. And, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah sure. and it was in a tent. Uh, right. And there was an official hashtag. Which Obviously, was- the same people who put together the code for the tennis on amount of balls have really worked on keeping <laughs> this one. Yeah, okay. So, what? hang on. No, Heineken's Saturday. And it was, what, what was it? What so, happened? basically, there's there's an outdoor space um, at Melbourne Park, you uh-huh. know, not not near, not in the main stadium. Not is Rod it a Laver. space or is it some sort of experience area or something? Yeah, you might call it an activation zone if okay. you work in the marketing there you field. Go. Yeah, an or activation a, zone. Sam activation zone when I arrive. <laughs> 
Um, so, yeah, there's uh, – and it's basically a party. There's a party because I know you were talking before about, oh, the tennis, oh, yeah. I've got to be quiet. Well, this is the opposite. Right. So much so that the main act at this party was a guy named – Hot Dub Time Machine. Have you? Oh met yeah, the, the DJ. Dubs, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. plays yeah. comedy festivals around the world. Hot Dub Time Machine. Brilliant. I mean, basically played an hour, took us on a journey through time musically, right? And and got paid around twenty something thousand dollars. So I hear for a gig like that. Right. Well, Mr. Dub will be pretty happy that you're giving away his appearance fee. <laughs> oh no, already. I don't know. I it's mean, just... if anybody wants to book uh, <laughs> Mr. Dub. I guess you're going to have to find 20 G's. And and he was excellent. He put on an yeah, amazing show, show. But really, like, I could plug my iPhone in. No, and I'm not go. saying here it would go. be as no, good. Go. And I didn't have, like, here a promotional T-shirt with branding and the fun glasses and the screen. But Look, look at you, every man who's ever been to an art gallery. <laughs> oh, mate, it's just, it's bloody white. I can leave a bloody thing white. That's art, is it, mate? Just leaving it white and putting it in a frame, mate. That's art. What's that worth? Two million dollars. It's white, mate. It's white paint. I painted my fence yesterday, mate. Okay. So, no, again, was, tell, tell me how your no, iPod's the same as the DJ. I couldn't do a better job, but I'm just saying that well, no, I also have what, a lot of good songs in my collection. Saying. Yeah, yeah, but that's pretty much what you were saying. Well, I'm saying I'd do it for five grand. You don't have a, yeah. You, you want, your hot dub rings up next year like, uh, hey, guys, <laughs> it went really well. The zone was activated. Um, am, am I available? And they're like, well, to be honest, we've got uh, Sam Mac uh, on his iPod. It's not as good. Yeah. But we've saved five grand. He undercut you severely, <laughs> to be honest with you. So um, you need like a name, though. He's got the good name, Hot Dub Time Machine. I mean, that's like perfect. That is a great it name. describes what it is. Yeah. It's like quirky. You're normally pretty good with this sort of stuff. But like, you know, what is it? Sam Mack and the Yarrasites or something? <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. Not bad, yeah, that's actually. great. Because then you've got all sorts is, of logo potential. And like, it is also kind of a site near the Yarra. Yeah, that's so, right. And you have maybe Jim Courier themed it, and there is that sort of thing of people have to jump, you like people jump into the era or something like that. Yeah, at the end, and maybe like I'm dressed in an elaborate um, parasite or yarasite costume for the whole gig, but uh, with little holes cut out so my arms can still grab the iPhone. I imagine by this stage the parasites will have fully taken over your body, so <laughs> I, I, there will be no need for a costume on your behalf. You will be more parasite than man. <laughs> Introduced by Bruce McAvaney, this is yeah. going to be beautiful. You'll be mostly parasite, 95 percent parasite. More well, that's a good POD point of difference in the industry. Like, Mate, you wanna, I mean, we've all seen humans, DJ. What about right. the guy who's like mostly parasite? Right. Hey, most of the people in entertainment are parasites, but this guy literally is one. It's <laughs> Sam Mack. Uh, tell me about, uh, is it Weekend Sunrise that you've been doing stuff for? I, I, I catch you occasionally on that. That's the one, right? Is yeah, that, I've been uh, doing a bit with, with Weekend Sunrise at Channel 7. Uh, over the weekend, I interviewed Nigella, which was which was pretty cool. Oh. Yeah. Is, so is she allowed in our country, Nigella? Isn't she, like, didn't she have a conviction for uh, drugs? Oh, when she, they is, asked doesn't me- she get stopped like Johnny Depp's dogs at the border? Isn't that the <laughs> thing that happens? When there? they asked me to do this interview- Yeah in big, bold letters, before they even got to the request of me to the interview, said, no personal questions. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I mean, there was very much a disclaimer. I like Nigella. Was she nice? Did She, she say was. She was nice? She's definitely got an intensity about her. Uh-huh. Uh, and she was possibly a bit more serious than I thought she would be. Mm-hmm. But Not as playful? Not as No, uh, but towards the end of the interview, she did become okay. playful. So, in fact, flirtatious even. Yeah. Classic I mean, Nigella. she should know That's, that I'm yeah. happily single. Right. <laughs> well, she'd heard the buzz. <laughs> that was the parasite buzz. She like, <laughs> well, she didn't know that, though. She was like, oh, my God. He, he, and he vibrates. It's brilliant. 
<laughs> uh, so there was a bit before the interview where she was she had a stylist there and she uh, was um, just like because she was DJing. Ready. Oh no, a stylist. Yeah, Sorry. she was getting herself stylist. ready. Little and- DJ joke. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Hot dub time machine would have enjoyed that one if he's tuned in. If someone said you got mentioned on the podcast and he stuck around in case he comes back, well, a you did come back and B I made a DJ joke. Stylist. There we go. <laughs> We're going to hear from him, aren't we? Hot I hope so. Definitely. I hope so. Whenever we talk about anyone on the podcast, they, they it gets around. It does get around. Well, it gets eventually. out. Well, I'm glad out. that we said complimentary things about him. Yeah, exactly. Mostly. Mostly. Um, so she was uh, deciding. Oh, this was her big sort of point before the interview with her stylist. Hey, how many buttons do I have? done up or undone uh-huh. so I was like this is sort of three or four minute conversation about oh I think you know maybe maybe two oh no actually we'll try one like back and forth back and forth eventually makes a decision so within the interview I brought that up I said oh I noticed that you know you've, you've had some pretty big decisions to make today like um, how many buttons does one have <laughs> during an interview and then she she gave quite a serious response which was well this is the superficial this is the superficial world that we live in of television I'm coming into your space right now and I need to look presentable like, I thought we were just going to have a bit of, like, a fun conversation about buttons. Right. And she's turned it into this sort of philosophical statement Political comment on, on about TV. Why, 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 why you never ask a man about how many buttons he was doing up. Or, well, actually, maybe if it was, like, Vince, Vince Colosimo, and you'd be like, you sure not one more? <laughs> I, uh, but- <laughs> so then from there, I said to her, I said, oh, well, you know, sometimes quite controversially within yeah. my group of friends, I will go all the buttons up. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like- There you go. So you invite her in. Bit of fun. Yeah. She didn't know before whether you were, like, you know, kind of making some sexual innuendo or whatever. She's like, he's commenting on my appearance. I'm female. This is a world where I have to be guarded about these sort of things. Maybe she's got her guard up and she's gone serious. Fair enough. But you've gone the classic Sam Mac that we all know and love. You've gone, here we go. I'll make this about me so you understand that this is a self-deprecating I'm joke. This is not me in any way. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, you, I want her to join in with the fun. Right. No, I see what you're doing. It's a classic technique and I admire it. Good skills. <laughs> like really good. Thank you. So what happens So from, from there, I, I do my button up yeah. and I said, what do you think? And she said, it's good. But not giving me much again. Like, right. I'm like, well, like this on. is pretty, like this, is, this, is, she's like, this is light. This is as light as it gets. This is she, weekend sunrise light. Fun. In, in her head, she's like, we're done with the button bit. Move <laughs> on, button boy. But here's where I had to make a decision. Fucking Benjamin Button over here. She's been talking about it for a week. Remember fucking the button guy wouldn't get off the fucking button thing? <laughs> well, this is the thing, Will. I had to make a decision at this point. Yeah. Do I Abandon hashtag the unsubscribe, opt yeah. out? Or do I keep going down that right. path? Well, because it's the, I mean, you never know. Because sometimes you just got to dig one more time to find that gold. So I kept right? digging. Gold buttons. You don't always find the gold, but I kept digging. No, well, so I mean. said after that, I said, well, if you approve of it, then I approve of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. And then that doesn't again. really make sense, but I love it. <laughs> I was just basically saying that I was happy to have her endorsement and that made right. me feel good about it. No. And yeah, then good. she said, then it suddenly turned. Yeah, right. She said, good. What else can I get you to do? Ah, there we go. Nice. See, well, that was, you know what she did? I reckon she's like one of those people, like in a film where it's like, uh, you can pass these gates, but ah, first yeah. you must like answer these three riddles. Yeah. And so if you can, or like one of those things where it's like, you have to reject it. Like if you can come back after the third rejection, then you are truly worthy of being welcomed into Nigella's bosom, so to speak. <laughs> I mean, I mean that in a more, not both. I mean, well, whatever. Just on that, I did before the interview um, put out on Twitter, hey, anyone got any questions for Nigella? Yes, you're doing my show prep for me. Yeah. And someone wrote back, um, ask her about motorboating. So obviously that uh, is a big talking about. I'm yeah. not going to do that. No. But so from here, this is where it went. So 
she said, uh, what else can I get you to do? And like sort of leaned in, like suddenly this was, all right, she was engaged now. I don't know. Yeah. I still had a little bit of a lingering doubt, like had I upset her? Was this like a bad area? But then I said- I think she was, this, no, I, I honestly, like from what I've like heard of mm-hmm. this so far, she- you know, she has her guard up because a she does have some things from her like past that are delicate and that she would sure. hate having to go into every interview going. Are they going to ask about like yeah, that's know, the not my game. I'm not there to are do they going to like sex? Because she traded off her like sexuality in you know in a in a fun and flirtatious way, you yeah. know. And so I can imagine that she probably does get like dickheads doing those sort of things all the time. So and she doesn't know at this stage True. whether you are one of those dickheads yeah and I certainly wasn't heading that direction no so, so then she's got to the point where she's like oh yeah okay maybe okay alright yeah I genuinely just yeah. wanted an innocent conversation yeah, about okay. buttons like that was yeah. my intentions yeah right I, I thought there was more to it I thought it was a trick but it turns out it was <laughs> the buttons are a metaphor no yeah, um, it's actually about buttons <laughs> so so then from there so she said you know oh what else can I get you to do and, yeah. and sort of leans in and I said I started to laugh. I said, well, have you got some ideas? <laughs> and then she started to laugh. She said, I think I might have to punish you. So it was actually a really nice moment. Go. But it was it was something about getting through that awkward threshold. Yeah. It was, And I have a good awkwardness threshold. Like uh-huh. David Brent is my favorite comedy character of all time. So I'm very comfortable in that space. I enjoy lingering moments yeah. and doubt. And so I'm happy to push that a little bit further. But it was very interesting to see that it took a couple of steps before she would join me in that space. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, doing an interview is, can be a difficult thing. Like I have to do heaps of them and like I had the one, they're normally they're, they're, they're fun to varying degrees. Um, but I did this one this year for Gruen, like really early on, where just from the start of it, like I could tell that this like person wanted like it to be like, and they were just kind of picking away at things to be like, kind of like, not like really passive aggressive about, you know. Was it with Hot Dub Time Machine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was... Was it a big, like, level celebrity or someone in the advertising game? Oh, no, or? no, it was somebody that I had to... Uh, uh, they were interviewing me. Oh. So I was on the other side of it. TV you know? or radio? Uh, it was actually for an online... Uh, not online, but, like, for a news thing. But, okay. But it was over the phone. And it was just, like, at the start, like, you know, I had a few... Jo- like the, Yeah, when no- things are normally a little bit confrontational, I will, you know, kind of you know, kind of call that and kind of just go with it or whatever, you sure. know, whatever. I don't really care. I'm just trying to do an interview to plug the show. Yeah. Like, I don't really care if this person likes me or not. You know, it's like, as long as, you know, they write the article and plug the show, that's literally the whole transaction that we're meant to be doing. Totally. Yeah. So I will try to do a good job so they can do a good job and, you know, we'll yeah. move on with our lives. But this person was just like picking away at me and picking away at me. Mm-hmm. And then I, I could tell. And then I was like, oh, what, what, we- when you say picking away, what, they, what were they angling for? Were they sort of getting personal? No, or- I couldn't tell that. But it was like, when it got, no, it was... Was it about shirt buttons? There, yeah, it was about buttons. All questions about buttons. I was like, what the fuck are these? I'm, not, I'm wearing a t-shirt. Uh, and tracksuit pants. I literally do not have a button on me. Um, no, I, uh, it was at one stage I said this. I remember it distinctly. I said, um, you know, they asked about like the show and how many episodes or whatever. And I said, oh, it, it, the reason we've been away. And I said, well, it's not, it's everybody's second job. Yeah. Which is true. You know, the reason that the show is so rarely done is because everybody else has real jobs and we have to find a time where all of us can find the time to do this which thing together, yeah. which is tough. So, and so it's a thing I've always said and it's a thing that no one else has ever had a problem with because it's just the truth. And I said, well, we've all got other jobs and we just had to, you know, find a time that we could do it. And she goes, what's your other job? 
<laughs> and I was like, well, I'm a, you know, a professional stand-up comedian. Oh, but that's know? only for like one hour a day. Well, but, but not even that. She started, like, we started having this conversation about audience sizes and like, she goes, I know you got your podcast and you like, uh, you know, stand-up and whatever, but how many people are seeing you doing this? Like, this is what people say you do. So this is what people know you for and what you are. And, and it was like one of those things where I could have just been like, you know what? That's kind of true to a certain extent. If you look at pure numbers, mm. heaps of, like, you know, a million, you know, sometimes nearly two million people watch that fucking TV show. Mm. There is no way that anyone, that many people are ever going to download the podcast or listen to, you know, my stand up or whatever. Fucking none of that. Mm. She's absolutely right in, in some regard. And I probably could have just gone with that. But because, you know, I've been on stand-up for 20 years and it's like my thing that I do and yeah. it's the majority of my time and it's the number one focus, you know, Gruen's just a thing on the side. You know, stand-up's what I really care about. Yeah. I just bit a little bit more than I should have bitten. What, did, what did you say? Oh, man, I can't remember. It was over it like a... I, I warmed up as the questions went on. Right, right. <laughs> to the point where I was like, maybe I've, maybe I should have just been a bit cooler about this. <laughs> and do you regret doing that, or are you like, no, she deserved a little bit of a bite back? <sighs> I mean, uh, what I normally think, like I think the best. Uh, Sorry, did you say it was a lady? Or it was, yeah, it was a lady okay, in yeah. this case. Um, the thing that uh, I do on Twitter now, instead of blocking people, I just tend to mute people. Yeah, because like you know, it's like that sort of thing of going, I just don't want to hear it. I just don't want to have to see it. Yeah. If you want to keep doing it or if you want to think you're messaging me, then that's fine. It doesn't worry me. I just don't need to see it. You know, I don't care. Um, and normally it's a bit the same with these sort of things where it's like, if someone's been a pain, just get in there, say, say whatever. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, what do you care what this person thinks about your career? Yeah. What yeah. do you care that this person knows nothing about you? That's all they're saying. Uh, you know what it pissed me off? I remember this now. Sorry. It was the, the first three questions were all shit off my Twitter page from the last 24 hours. Okay. And I, they were all, and I was just like, is this literally the amount of like <laughs> research that you've done? Yeah. But not even just that, but like taking three random things off my Twitter page and using them as like, uh, it was just, yeah, anyway. But I, like it was one of those times where I was just like, normally I would just walk away from that. And I was just like, you are being so insulting, not just to me, but just to my industry, which yeah. I love because you, th- you value something based on, you know, the amount of people who watch it, whereas I value something based on, you know, the craft itself and like the time and effort that I and myself and all these other people who work in this industry put into it. Yeah. I just I just value that a lot higher than that, you know, the world that you see your world through. Yeah. But normally you just like laugh that off and let it go. But like sometimes you're just like you're just not in the mood. <laughs> I was like, ah oh, fuck this. All right, here we go. Have you ever been in a in a situation with an interview where someone has hung up or walked out or you have hung up or walked out like a radio or, or something like that. Limo was tough. Were you there when, um, uh, what's his name? Dennis Rodman. Were you there for the Dennis Rodman when we were doing the I radio show? There. at no. Triple M? So I'll tell you this, Sam, like, we had some fun interviews back in those days. My favourite still was when we interviewed the guys leather jacket from uh, <laughs> Living End. Living End. <laughs> That's still one of my favourite. It's like I'm always reminded of that because these leather chairs are terrible for broadcasting. Like, and it always squeaks and stuff when people are in here. I'm but pretty sure always... that was that was a world first. That, that was re- the first ever interview with a leather jacket. His jacket was louder than the band. It was. 
It was brilliant. I loved it. Does that is that a sign of like the quality of the leather or the lack of quality of the leather? If your leather jacket is really loud, I wouldn't have thought. Like I've never seen like anyone on the like the, the catwalks of Milan or whatever like squeaking their way down the. Like I think I would have heard about that. Like if like if like, oh this is really good leather, you can hear the squeak. <laughs> and it's not like he was holding it like right up near the microphone and sort of like doing funny movements with it. He was standing like a normal length away from the microphone. Yeah, it was overpowering anything coming out of his mouth. You would think of if expensive leather made that sort of noise, then every time like Mick Jagger danced, it would sound like the theme from Psycho. Like, um, we had Dennis Rodman on the show, and I've completely blanked this out. Like, I, I, I ended up going out with Dennis Rodman, and he's like posse that night, and we actually had this like really big night and whatever. And I remember that bit of the story. But Limo was telling this story on another podcast and it reminded me of it. It was so weird that this had like blanked out of my mind. But he came in and he was like drunk. Yeah. And he was like giving us nothing. And apparently I stopped the interview and just said like I gave him like a little mate. Like no one gives a shit about you being here. This is our day at work as well and you're being completely fucking disrespectful. Really? And if you want us to like oh we don't care. We, this is not an expose. I was like M- if you're entertaining, we'll plug your fucking vodka or whatever it was that he was fucking <laughs> flogging. Like this is the deal. If you if you're funny, we'll put it on the show. But if you're if you're not good, then like yeah, we don't need this. We don't really, need this. Yeah. We'll just fill this fucking with something else. And how did he react else. to that? Well, apparently, this is the great thing. I kind of wish I do remember this, but obviously this like whatever had taken over my body at this time has kind of like blocked it out like childbirth or whatever. <laughs> the fact that I'm taking on a guy who's seven foot fucking tall, covered with tattoos and is drunk at a fucking radio station and I've decided I'm going to give him a little fucking Coach Taylor pep talk. <laughs> and he's traditionally right. a wild man. Right, like- a wild man of the NBA and I'm just like, it's time for me to give him fucking clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Right? Friends with Kim Jong-un, was he? Yeah, this is yeah, this is my intervention. He's hanging out with fucking like dictators, and <laughs> and I'm just like it's time to fucking sit Dennis. Let me down. tell you the score, Dennis Rodman. But as Limo tells it, um, apparently it worked really fantastic. Like apparently, he, like really responded. He was like, "Oh yeah, I like this guy or whatever." And like they came back and he ended up doing this, which I guess is how I ended up going out with him and all his friends that night. I assume <laughs> that I like, yourself. Essentially, I was like, <laughs> and that was the day you became a man. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird that I finished with it. And so you can't do that, Dad. What? Oh, sorry. What? I don't know. I was so, doing so well. Did he say Dad? Dennis. Dennis. Oh, that's a good topic. Is there a celebrity that you would like to have been your dad? I mean, we spoke about Bruce before. I've got a few others in mind. Oh, yeah? Who? So first of all, Andrew Gaze, oh, yeah. um, Australian basketballer, um, played in the NBA. I met him and just felt like a fatherly sort of sense straight away. Yep. Like, he, like everything was okay when he was in the room. I bet he'd be a bit daggy dag at a, dad at a party, though. Always kind of embarrassing you in front of your friends. Like, classic sort of probably would rock up at the school in his pyjamas to pick you up. Or, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. if you had everybody over, he'd, like, say, make some really daggy joke and everyone would be like, Dad! <laughs> It'd, it'd become a sitcom, basically. But, it, but he'd be a great fun dad. Yeah. yeah gaze uh, of our lives. That <laughs> the other one was um, Mark Scaife. The, oh, uh, the driver. Scaphy. Yeah, yeah right. I did. I got lucky enough to do a week of he'd training. Get, he'd get you to school really quick. He'd be in, oh, he'd, no, he'd, he'd be off the roads. Like that 30 kilometre zone around schools would <laughs> escape you. He was a bit more of a no-nonsense dad though. Like oh, yeah, he was okay. a bit more of an authority dad. But do you ever meet somebody in what, go like that? In what that sense? Tell me like, about the Scaphy thing. Like, um, so I just felt like, you know, 
he you don't mess with him. Like he 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 has another side that right. that like for example, my dad when when I was younger, yeah, if I, he'd be one of those dads where if you were down the shop and you're mucking about, and then he went, oi. Outside, everyone would be, be like, you know what? Yeah, time for us yeah. to go outside. Well, and my dad's going to love this conversation talking about who I'd rather as my dad. I mean, what a confidence booster that is for him to hear. <laughs> well, he listened in this far. <laughs> His own fault. He was always going to get to this, Dad. Sam Max Senior. Yeah. Uh, my dad had a great technique when, when, when I was younger. Like if I was misbehaving, sort of around the age of you know ten, eleven, whatever, he would say, "I'll get the belt," as uh-huh. in like you know, "I'll get yep. the belt." I'll get the belt. And then if I kept misbehaving. He would go into the room where the belt was, oh, yeah. and he'd do, you room? know the thing where you, you have a belt room, or was it just a bedroom? I think it was, was just a, a bedroom. Room but, for the no, belt? we called the belt room. Yeah, the, belt room. <laughs> the belt chamber. Yeah, he went into the belt dungeon, <laughs> <laughs> where he has a selection of four hundred different belts. belts. He took it very seriously. This is well. This is good though for the like if yeah for where we hope we're going. Like, is this idea that if there were f- like forty or of them, whatever, that would really let you play out the idea that like you know I'm selecting the belt. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like, there's more steps. There's yeah. more steps. Yeah, it's like the Nigella interview. And he would just do the, you know, the sound when you hold the belt and you go, oh, the snap, yeah, yeah. And he would never even crack of the belt. He wouldn't even do it in the same room. He would do it so enough that I could just faintly hear it, and that would be enough. I would know. Pavlov's dog. Yeah, he meant business. So. Uh, I don't know why I got onto that, but the, um, the Sam Mac crack, as he called it, <laughs> yeah, the That's Sam Mac crack. <laughs> <laughs> Just give um, a little SM3. Do you do you have like a an ideal celebrity dad? Uh, well, I mean, Coach Taylor from uh, Friday Night Lights is mm-hmm. a pretty good dad. I reckon that's the sort of dad that I would need. Like, Anyone that you've met and you've gone like great dad qualities. <sighs> Gee, um, you know what? Uh, who do I know who's got that like great? dad sort of feel you know um the former coach of the uh western bulldogs um uh was like a teacher and i think that he had like a dad type but i like more the new coach luke beveridge oh yeah who is like one of those dads where like he's friends with the the younger blokes good but you, 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 you wouldn't be able to, like, you know, the idea is he's your friend. But there's a respect thing there that you don't... He wouldn't, you he wouldn't be doing things that the younger blokes, you know, as in, like, we're all going to have fun. We're going to do a bunch of things together. Yeah. We'll have, like, they have a club dinner every week, those sort of things. You know, they all came out to see my show oh, nice. together. Like, he went came out with, the, like, the, the boys That's to cool. come and see the show, like, do that sort of thing. But it's not like he's going to be at the pub on a Friday night drinking with them. Like, he won't he won't do any bad habits. Yeah, so, he, so he, the, he's into... Actual team bonding sessions as right. opposed to Russell Crowe's <laughs> idea of a team bonding session. <laughs> Russell's like, I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> what, we're at a fucking show? Why are we not drunk at three o'clock in the morning and I'm telling somebody in my gladiator voice that they are not worth my money? That's fucking team bonding. <laughs> go, Russ, go. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, we've appointed our celebrity uh, dads. Okay, here's, here's what I want before we finish up. Uh, so... There was some controversy that you were involved with. I now I didn't see the whole story, but I've heard. Look, I've seen. You know when you see, you don't see the original thing, but you see enough references to something <laughs> yeah. that's happened that you can start to piece together yeah. what might have happened yeah. previously. So tell me, tell me about this controversy that you have been. Uh, yeah, there were some dark days before. Yeah. you know the the light that has shone through. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well. You know, a lot of people say that in in media and show business that a lot of people have one thing. Uh-huh. The one thing that kind of comes to mind. So, for example, Rob Millsy Mills, made sure. of mine, Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. Yeah. Sure. Um, do you have a one thing? 
for me. If you haven't got one yet, then it's probably not far away. Like, but um, is there something that sort of comes to mind when people think Will Anderson? Does it smell a bit in here? Yeah, it does a bit. It does, doesn't it? I wonder if maybe one of the dogs is just... Uh, that's Will this be left so, in the podcast? so weird that that smell just... like It's like a dog came in and like well, made that, that smell. That dog definitely but, did come in. Yeah, but then, but then left, right? And didn't leave anything. If it's taken that long for that smell to get into It could here. be the parasites. Oh, my God. Is that, <laughs> it could the, be is the that sludge. a side effect? Of the, if, that's, if that's what it is, if, the, if that's the arrow coming back out, then you are in some serious trouble. I've got to be honest with you. Lucky these are leather chairs are brown. That's all, <laughs> that's all I would say. Um, so... Uh, I, my I look for, for different people there are different ones I still think that a lot of people still come back to the Shannon Noll or the oh, yeah. or the uh, tweeting at the Logies, Logies. yeah that was yeah. one that came to mind for yeah. you yeah yeah they, they, they tend to be the things that like you know you, you could ask still about a lot and it's hard like you know I'm good mates with Mel McLaughlin on Channel 10 uh, the, the Big Bash and obviously uh-huh. her one thing now you know for a long time is, is the Chris Gale thing yep. um, so my one thing happened in Adelaide on Boxing Day. I was doing a live cross for Weekend Sunrise, mm-hmm. and they the, the idea for the segment was we want to cross to you in Adelaide to capture all the crowds at the Boxing Day sales. Okay, cool. There weren't any. Because uh, people it, buy online now. Well, yeah, yeah, and the shops weren't opening till 11 a.m. Both those things, because it's Adelaide. That's <laughs> yeah, when you have yeah. your doorbuster sale, 11. <laughs> Sensible time of 11 a.m. Um, so and we'll be lining up at... 11. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's TV and they've already locked in those segments, it doesn't matter that there's no one there. You're still doing the segment and it's still going to run for about three minutes. Right. So I'm looking around like, I mean, okay, great. For a start, I'll give people a tour of uh, the pig statues and the Moors balls. You're like two of the great icons um, right of, there. of Adelaide. So, yep. you know, there's half the cross. And then, thankfully, I saw a young kid. You know, you know those hoverboards, the little sort of there. You've seen them around the place at the moment. They've been in the news a little bit. Yeah, catching on the fire. hoverboards that aren't hoverboards. Exactly. Yeah. That Russell Crowe was unhappy about that yes. he couldn't take on the plane. Yeah, which but would have turns- sounded exactly like this. Uh, what do you mean I can't take these hoverboards on the plane? Ivan Oscar, go Rusko. <laughs> Now, give me some of those mini alcohol bottles because I've got some team bonding to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, Rusko. Second go, Rusko. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, so, I... I but thought- it turns out he couldn't take them on because they explode. Yeah. And you're not allowed to take things that explode on appliance. Pretty, I know, pretty, they're, they're pretty simple. PC gone mad. I know, it's, it's political correctness gone mad. Uh, it's the nanny state we live in. Mate, it is a nanny state when you can't take a bomb onto a plane. But it's actually the nanny state is in Fran Drescher. You're welcome, guys. Just a little <laughs> reference for you. Um, so, <laughs> still know all the words to that song. Would yeah. love to hear it as Russell Crowe, though. She was working <laughs> in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens. When a... Boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her fanny. Yes. Can someone please put the instrumental music to that and send it back, please? That will make my year. Uh, so anyway, so I see right. the kid on the hoverboard and I'm yes. like, great. This Perfect. is something to talk about. Hoverboards are so hot right now. Not it's- technically a hoverboard, by the way. It's yeah. just a skateboard. But yeah, yeah it's a segue without the the safe bit. The particular brand is called Skywalker yep. Hoverboards. So I'm taking yep. their good word on it. But it's, yeah, you're right. It's, it's not hovering. No. There's wheels. It's the new unsafe segue. It's the exploding unsafe segue. Yeah. So... 
So that hoverboard does sound better for marketing purposes. <laughs> I agree. The plan was uh, uh, t- t- towards the end of the cross, and I'd spoken to the kid's dad. The kid was about nine, ten years old. He okay. got the hoverboard the day before for Christmas. Sure. I'd spoken to his dad, and, and we'd agreed that I would come over. He'd let me get on the hoverboard, and then I could ride over to the Malls Balls, because the Malls Balls is about 100 or so metres away from the pig statues. Sure. So the cameraman was going to follow us, and that's how we we're going to end it. So I go over. I say to the kid, hey, show us your tricks. He does a few tricks. I'm like, hey, happy Christmas. Nice to meet you guys, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I put my arm on his shoulder because uh-huh. I thought, look, they're not the easiest things to get off. So I put my arm on his shoulder and as I did that, I said, hey, can I give you a hand here? Yes. But at that split second, uh-huh. he lifted up one leg. Now, when you lift up sure. one leg on the hoverboards, the thing starts to spin around. Mm-hmm. So he's completely stacked it, like really bad Australia's Funniest Home Videos, uh-huh. wacky sound effects style stack. And he's lying on the floor. And it's being filmed though, This is live. Like this is live. This is live. This is live cross. On national television. Yeah. And and his dad's just there. His dad's enormous. And I look over, I look at the kid and I go, are you all right? Like, is he crying? No, he's not too bad, but he's on the floor. I look at the kid, I go, are you all right? And he sort of nods. Then I look back at the camera and then I look back at the kid, I go, are you, I asked him three times in the space of 10 seconds if he was all right. Because I was, I was mortified. You've got to ask three times though, mate. He's like Nigella. You have to break him down to (laughs) get to the truth. Then I I look over to his dad, who's pissing himself and is filming it on his mobile phone. (laughs) So, of course. Never have you felt more relieved than when you see how happy dad is. That he's, I mean, because it's not your fault. Like, you haven't pushed him off the thing, but it would have appeared pretty much it like really you just does. walked over. Like, I was there and it looks like watching it back, I'm like, did I really? It looks like I pushed him. The timing could not have been worse for right. my case because then, of course, in the next cross. Mate, this is the next making a murderer. <laughs> We've got to go back time. As long as I'm represented by sexy Dean Strang. Right, exactly. We'll get Dean Strang onto this case. <laughs> we, get, we need Oliver Stone to make it with the, No, from this angle, you can see that the hand and the. <laughs> <laughs> so of course they replayed it in slow motion, but right. I'm a big fan of you know who, who was on the desk that morning, um, like back the in great the great Edwina Bartholomew's Eddie uh-huh. okay. and Andrew O'Keefe, who I think referred to it as child abuse. Right. Of course he did. Of course he did. Good to know he had my back there. But he's, a, he's a loose cannon. I love it. <laughs> he's great. I, I, that, that's why I will turn on the weekend sunrise occasionally. Is pretty much. Because Andrew O'Keefe is one of those people who is like a brilliant mind yeah. and, and knows a bunch of really obscure, interesting things. Very funny. But because of the nature of that sort of job, you can't constantly be talking about things that he is like no. ex- an expertise in the way that he would talk about them. Yeah. But occasionally, like they'll just indulge him enough that <laughs> yeah. they'll give him one. Yeah. And if you can catch one of those, <laughs> it's like Terry Wogan fucking commentating Eurovision. Like <laughs> you're not really like you just want like I'm just like if I don't get a good O'Keefe rant on some obscure thing or it's almost like the- once or twice a show he'll go on one of those. And I, I used to listen to Bob Francis, radio announcer right. in Adelaide for the same reason. But with him it was like once an hour. He will he will go on a rant once in an hour and he'll he'll abuse an old lady about getting the school that he went to incorrect. Right. I went to Prince Alfred College, you dick brain. He actually said that to an eighty year old woman. And all she did was like, Hi Bob, I love the show. I've listened to you. I love your talk about how you went to Scotch College. And he's like, I didn't go to Scotch College and went on a rant. He's in the Radio Hall of Fame in Australia. True story. Bob Francis. <laughs> I look mean, him up. hey, true story that there's a radio hall of fame in Australia. <laughs> Get over yourself, guys. I mean, seriously. Are they giving each other fucking medical awards at the Pons Institute? I'm going to start the Podcasting Hall of Fame. The Australian Podcasting <laughs> yeah. Hall of Fame. I like it. Um, so, yeah, back to the, the, the hoverboard gate thing. Yeah. Uh, what happened was 
my hashtag fav- hoverboard go. Yeah, my favourite. Hit us up on the sunrise. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, because that would have been great. So uh, Keith would have loved it. Oh, like yeah. he would they, have just been. They played it the next week as well. Like anytime they crossed me for the right. next week or two, it was like, oh, Sam, are there any kids at the event today? Because, of course, roll it out. Um, but yeah, someone actually put uh, the vision of that moment. But then at this, the precise second where I say, can I give you a hand there? They kicked in the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme. <laughs> And it is magical. It is absolutely magical. I mean, what you really need is Bruce McAvaney <laughs> to commentate that clip. That's the clip you wanted Bruce's commentary yes. over the top of. I mean, that would yeah. immortalise that moment forever. That's all I'm saying. With some beats from Hot Dub Time Machine. Expensive, though. Expensive I mean, exercises expensive for getting beats. him involved. You know what? Sam can just do it on his iPod. It'll be almost the same. <laughs> All right, Sam, uh, that was a good podcast. I enjoyed that. Great Thank fun. you very much Thank uh, you, for coming over. I appreciate that very much. What's coming up next for you? Uh, I am uh, on the road, uh, Sam. So uh, I will be, uh, well, Canberra's all sold out. But uh, after that, I'll be at the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Oh, great. You can come and see my show, Fire at Will. Uh, so doing trial shows in Canberra. So I'm hitting Adelaide with a more prepared show than uh, Very good. Uh, where are you while. playing in Adelaide? I'm from Adelaide. So where uh, are you? In the Garden of Unearthly Delights. Such a good spot, in yes. A, in the Vagabond Tent, I believe mm-hmm. it is. But uh, uh, first four nights are all cheap previews. So um, I will have, you know, a, like a pretty good show together by then. So if you need a cheaper ticket, I would recommend those shows. Uh, then a week in Brisbane at the Brisbane Comedy Festival. And then a month in Melbourne. Uh, I am not doing Tuesdays. No tight-ass Tuesday uh, this year for me at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Um Mostly because I got sick last year. I was just so busy that yep. I, I think I needed a night off. So we're taking Tuesday. But what that meant was uh, if you are a person who likes the cheaper tickets, we've kind of uh, tried to make those tickets available, you know, Wednesdays and Thursdays, Sundays. Do you have a, tickets, like a name so. for it though with good alliteration? You know, like something Wednesday, something Thursday for those cheaper tickets? I mean, because, you know, Tight Ass Tuesday is, is an institution. Tight Ass Wednesday and uh, Tight Ass Thursday works fine. <laughs> Didn't actually need to change anything. Tight Ass Thursday. Tight Ass Thursday and... Uh, Side ass Sunday. So, <laughs> I mean, they don't, white ass Wednesday. So, you have to actually literally be white. Like, it's, we're getting in a lot of trouble. <laughs> you can come in, it's the opposite of blackface. You can come in in white ass. That's. <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. did not enjoy the show at you, all. Just like, you are setting yourself up to be mooned at that show. You know, this white ass is really offensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same as blackface. It's not the same. It's not equivalent. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I will be doing all those shows. Uh, Excellent. Uh, April the 7th. Uh, at the Sydney Opera House is the Sydney show. One night only in Sydney this year, uh, but it is at the concert hall at the Sydney Opera House that goes on sale January 27, which may even be when I put this podcast up. And uh, and so that will be on sale. So come and see that. Justin Hamilton doing support. Great. And I will be doing the show in LA uh, April the 21st at Meltdown. Uh, I will be doing uh, Fire at Will there as well. Perth will be the first week of May. Uh, those shows will go on sale soon and I will let people know when they are on sale. There you go. That's the plugs. Oh, and you can support the podcast and all of uh, my podcasts on Patreon, patreon.com slash TOFOP, T-O-F-O-P for that. Sam, what about you, mate? Um, just find me in the cyberspace, guys. Uh, Sam Mac Insta is my Instagram account where you uh-huh. can see the um, the infamous hoverboard gate that we were just chatting about and oh, the Bruce awesome. McAvaney uh, moment is there as well. Okay, nice. Now with pictures. Uh, and at Mr. Sam Mac on Twitter. And, yeah, I guess you'll be able to hear me on first dates, as as discussed earlier. Uh, In February. Yes, in February, after My Kitchen Rules. (laughs) Um, And I also have some 
big news. Oh. But it's probably not going to be announced till later this week. But okay. I have a new job, which uh, uh, is a TV job, which will be full-time and will be starting uh, very soon. But that'll be uh, okay, out now, later this week. All right. You've got a TV job that is starting. It's going to be full-time <laughs> and it's starting soon. Are you one of the contestants on My Kitchen Rules? Because- <laughs> Damn, you're too good. You're too good. <laughs> You've seen my risotto. You and Sam Maxenia. (laughs) (laughs) Just arguing over every week. You go, so so and so would be a better dad than you. Where's Andrew Gaze? Right. (laughs) (laughs) You and Andrew Gaze have a show together, right? Uh, You're a guest on ER, on an emergency room with your parasites. (laughs) Right. um, We're going to have to stop this podcast so I can find out what that is. Uh, Sam Mack, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you, mate. Love the podcast. (laughs) 